0: Welcome to the Teen Packed Podcast. We hope to inspire you to think critically and biblically about current issues facing our culture, challenge you to make a difference in your community, and ultimately change the world. Welcome to Season 6 of the Teen Packed Podcast. Through these seven episodes, we explore the theme, Belonging, as we interview special guest speakers from Teen Packed National Convention 2022. Our topic today is, We Belong to the Promise. Quinn will be interviewing Clara Sylvester, who serves as Director of Events at Midwestern Seminary. Clara and her husband, Daniel, live in Kansas City, Missouri, and are members of Cross Fellowship Church. Since interning with Teen Pack in 2016, Clara has volunteered on a visionary team to help discover and design the message and branding of the National Convention theme each year. Clara is currently pursuing a Master of Divinity and a Certification in Biblical Counseling at Midwestern Seminary. Thanks for joining us.
1: Well, hey, everybody. This is Quinn Cools, and I am joined by Clara Sylvester. Clara, if you want to say hey.
0: Hi.
1: So it is really good to be with you guys, and uh, Clara, thanks so much for taking the time to do this, um, this podcast episode. It's, it's really fun for me because... You know, we've worked together for so long over the years working on National Convention and in other capacities. Um, We were just prior to this episode, um, we were talking about some of the worship projects um, that we worked on when you were at Cedarville. And um, and so just really appreciate kind of your investment in the Teen Pack community. Um, There's a lot of uh, young people who transition out of the ministry and, you know, say thank you on their way out and maybe even shoot a text to us, you know, years down the line and say, Hey, it was still a great experience. Thank you so much. But it's been really special because you've been able to continue to kind of reinvest and we're really grateful for that. So thanks for joining us on the podcast.
0: Yeah. Thanks. I'm really excited to be here.
1: Awesome. So on the Friday of National Convention, if you were not joining us, uh, Clara spoke um, as one of our guest speakers. And uh, Clara, you pointed out that, you know, Friday can tend to be kind of an emotional day for students. Um, They're coming to toward the end of the week. There's the national elections. There's also the theme is kind of coming to a head where it's not just, okay, here's these core beliefs and understanding about God and identity and all this, but now it's like, all right, where does the rubber meet the road? And how do we start dealing with the harder parts and the mm-hmm. gaps and and that kind of thing? And that's just like, you just planted your flag right there. And you're like, this is where we are going to be today. And I just so appreciated that. So your particular topic was we belong to the promise and I would love for you to just kind of share, what do you mean by, promise? I think you shared a little bit during your session, but but for our listeners here, what, what do you mean by we belong to the promise?
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think that it's really helpful to just acknowledge like, hey, there has to be a moment of reconciliation of all of the things that we've talked about for whatever the year's NatCon theme is is that we want to have a day where we actually address the reality of real life. That you go home at the end of the week and you go back to uh, regularly scheduled programming, whether that's school classes or you're going back to work or trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life or something's going on with your family. There has to be a moment where we stop to recognize, hey, God's word also has to... Impact this, or the rest of this is just a mountaintop experience that we leave and don't actually get anything from. And so, having the moment where we can talk about, hey, what does belonging to the promise actually mean, and how does that extend to our whole lives, I think is really important. And so, when we came up with the theme, and Quinn, you asked me to talk about belonging to the promise. The first question that I asked and truly the first question that everyone asks is, well, what promise are you talking about? What does that mean? And I talked about this a lot in um, kind of the introduction to my talk that the Bible talks about a lot of promises of God. There's a lot of really specific ones, whether it's statements or stories of the Lord um, interacting with specific people in the Bible. I think overall, the biggest promise that I wanted us to kind of talk through and think about is the promise of God's presence, the promise of God with us, And even that, we see that in so many different ways, whether you're talking about Jesus coming to earth and taking on the form of man and forever being in this embodied form, both God and man, advocating for us and dying in our place so that we could be reconciled to God, or the promise of the Holy Spirit being with us always. Um, Mm -hmm. We see that kind of in a lot of different places in scripture and so I think that's one of the biggest things I want students to be left with and I need reminded of myself is that God is always with us and the promise of his presence impacts and gives significance to everything that we walk through
1: Mm. the idea of God's presence being something he gives is just amazing to me um there's, there's a sense in which, like, I grew up in a Christian home where um, the idea of um, God being sovereign, God being just, God being holy, God being merciful, like, there were there was these categories. And so, like, you would go through the omnis. Yeah. He was omnipotent. <laughs> he is uh, omniscient. He is uh, omnipresent. Yeah. And um, I think for a lot of years, that was just kind of a – systematic theology, you know, this is a quality of God that exists, but it it's not been until recent years and actually walking through, uh, some seasons of suffering that, um, I've really seen that that is like something he gives. Like it is, it is not just like, yes, I am God and I am present always, and I'm present everywhere. But it's like, it's connected to me, and it's like the gift of his presence and the promise of his presence. So, I I love that that's where you went with that whole idea and starting to unpack that. And you you listed at least five, if I counted correctly, yeah. um, separate promises that that were really just beautiful. Um, that that kind of uh, unpacked that. And so I want to get into a few of those. Um, recognizing that, that belonging to the promise is a lifetime endeavor, something Mm -hmm. you said. And so there's, there's, you know, national convention gives us a chance to reflect and and kind of ponder and meditate on this idea, but, but really it's, it's the rigors of, of applying it in day-to-day life with, um, with other believers. Um, so you talked about, um, this quote from Dane Ortland. you said, your growth in Christ will go no further than your settledness way deep down in your heart that God loves you. And that was kind of this first idea, God loves you. Can you kind of just explain why why is that the starting point when you think about um, belonging to the promise?
0: Sure. I think it goes back to even what you just said about your like growing up of, I know all of these things about God, but they just kind of fit into these Categories that I know are there, but they don't actually affect me personally. And so I think having to reconcile with this idea of uh, God loving us is a very personal, very intimate reality that I think is really hard for us to believe. Um, And so this book, How Does God Change Us? I've actually been reading that with my community group over the last several months, and he has a whole chapter on God's love. And we we do this thing where we get together and we read the whole chapter out loud and then we discuss it. And we read this whole chapter that just talks about all of these scriptures about God loving us. And we finished reading and someone just said, I just have a really hard time believing this. Like I, 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 it's funny that my first thought is like, no way, like no way Mm. that all of this is actually true. And so I think we have to uh, acknowledge that and, 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 accept that my natural inclination is to disbelieve that God loves me and I mentioned this in my talk that it's really easy to think that we have to earn God's favor we have to keep up God's favor we have to be lovable um, because it is often that we don't actually understand the fact that Jesus loved us and died for us while we were uh, still sinners. And God and Jesus died for the ungodly. And seeing that God's love is just this essential part to understanding all of the rest of the parts of God. That when we believe way deep down in our hearts that we are loved by God no matter what that's when the other truths of who God is start to become sweet. And so mm. even the reality of, like, man, the sovereignty of God in the midst of suffering or trial, that doesn't seem sweet until you realize that the love of God actually means that it's good that he's sovereign, and his sovereignty is for our good and for his glory, and that he redeems all things, even the hard things. But that doesn't make sense until you start to believe that God loves you. Mm.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's something that I feel like, um, sometimes can get settled at a young age. Um, and, you know, Ortland refers to it as being like, like settled, like way deep down, like, in like, you know, richly, richly so. And, um, a- and yet, you know, I think for a lot of us, um, when I think about, you know, we're, we're in kind of what our late twenties, um, you and I, and so we're, we're kind of at a stage of life where you're kind of past the college years and you've had a few jobs and you've been a part of a a couple different church communities and, you know, nonprofits and whatever. And so there is kind of a, uh, season perhaps of just kind of now reflecting on that and saying, okay, where, you know, maybe it's questions of preferences, but it's also questions of convictions Mm -hmm. and kind of really you know, being more decided about things. And, and I wonder if like teen pack students, whether at national convention or who might be listening to this podcast or are the children of podcast listeners, perhaps. (laughs) um, Like, I wonder if, you know, the 14 year old and the 16 year old, like think about, about how much of this is like uh, something that they have to actually give attention to. And they actually Mm -hmm. have to like, work to integrate. Like it's not just theology in a book sense, but it's like integrated into my life. And what do you think it is that, that causes that kind of settledness? Like, like, Mm. like if you know, theology, you've been raised in a good church, good parents who are training up their children in this way. Like, what is it that from age, you know, six to 16 to 26 to whenever, like, what do you think it is that can help settle that for somebody?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So just kind of like solidifying that a little bit more, like what does it actually take to be settled? Like how do you get from point A to point B almost? Yeah, yeah. I think some of it is um, choosing to engage. And and by that, I mean trying to actually apply the things that you learn or that you see in the Bible or you hear in church to the actual places in your life. And um, in another way to say like, if God loves you, that, mean that, that means that God cares about you. And if God cares about you, that means that God cares about the things in your life that you're interacting with on a day-to-day basis. And so that's what we mean when we say that God's love can settle all the way deep down in your heart. I, when I think of that, I think like, okay, if my heart is uh, like a diamond that there's a, a new side to it, a new angle to it, any way you turn. It's not just like a square where there's like four sides and it's like, great, God's got all four sides of my heart. We're good. But that even as I grow and change, I see different parts of my heart and my life shining and coming to the surface and catching the light and just changing. And that is a place for me to say, has the love of God infected this part of my life and has it actually changed how I'm interacting? And so I think for a young person who's trying to reconcile with this concept, maybe for the first time, for you to, to just ask really practical questions of how does God's love um, impact how I do my schoolwork? Like, how does God's care for my life and about my life impact how I do my school or how I interact with my siblings or um, how I do my chores or how I engage with um, unbelievers at work? Or how I plan for my future even if that means like trying to earn enough money so I can go to an alumni event like God (laughs) actually cares about those things and it's not just like God's kind of silent on anything that like doesn't really matter unless it's mentioned at church or whatever. It's like, no, God cares about all of those things and his love actually impacts how we interact with those things. And so asking those really practical questions of being like, what does this actually mean? I think is a great way to start and see how expansive the love of God can really be and how it can transform every aspect of our lives.
1: Yeah, that's that's incredible. That that kind of uh, buy-in I think is is really important And it, and it's even to the point of like, when you're sitting in a sermon and you're like, "Up, oh, this is, this is going 45 minutes. Like I can see it already. You know, it's like, instead of like zoning out or getting on your phone or whatever, it's like, well, maybe take notes or start mm-hmm. asking questions or, you know, kind of, kind of work your way through it. And, and okay, maybe the preacher didn't do a great job of giving you clear application points for a single person in college or, you know, a young married person or, you know, the, the parent of a teen, like maybe it didn't get that specific, but those applications are still real. You can do that work of thinking about how does that affect, like you're saying, turning the diamond, how does that affect my phone usage? How does that affect mm-hmm. the words that I say to my child? The first time I see the, the day, like, you know, yeah. all of these little things. So, um, that's, that's really good. And I, I totally see where that, that just kind of colors everything else. Mm-hmm. God loves you. And then you took that uh, a step further and, and said, you know, God is with you and you're not alone. Um, you talked a lot about the Holy spirit being kind of the down payment. Like he is the proof, like, like Jesus, like he came and, and this was like a definitive moment, but even more so now, now we have the spirit and, and it was just like this energizing moment of like, yeah. Okay. Wow. Like we do have, like the proof is not in my life circumstances, the proof in what is in what God has already done Christ and what he's provided for us in the spirit. And now what he's enabling us to do. And we're going toward, you know, I was just like, yes, this is awesome. So, um, talk about, uh, talk about maybe like, what does it look like to abide in a promise like that? Like this concept that God is with you and you are not alone. When we're talking about belonging as a, as kind of a theme word, um, that, that suggests that we, we ought to experience belonging. We are made for belonging, but. That's not always the experience that we have or that we feel, and it could be in a moment or a prolonged season. Um, But could you kind of talk about what does it look like to wrestle with this one?
0: Mm. yeah that's good so many things i could say and that we could work through here and i think that this even goes all the way back to um yeah talking about this day of belonging to the promise as being unresolved pain or suffering or just experiences of things that are hard because i think that a lot of the times that we are forced to reconcile with the truths of scripture and like do they really matter? And do they really change anything? Those opportunities don't often come when things are good. They often come when things are hard, when we need to have, we need to choose and say like, is this actually going to matter? And is this going to change anything for me? Am I going to press in to what God has said? Or do I just kind of let go and hope everything works out? Uh, And so I think this is a key aspect of that because when we're in a moment of suffering or pain or hardship is often that we feel very alone or misunderstood or desperate or confused or isolated and it may be that some of those things situationally are true. Maybe you're in a situation where you don't have a lot of friends, or maybe something has happened to your family that no one else around you has ever been through. And so it can seem in a lot of ways, like situationally and circumstantially, you are alone or things are have changed or they are very discouraging. And we know that things like that happen because sin is in the world. And so that is real. But what is also real is the fact that if we have the Holy Spirit we and we are believers, that we fully trusted in Christ and we have the Holy Spirit, that we are never alone. That even in the darkest of circumstances of our lives, whatever that may be, that the Holy Spirit is with us, that the Holy Spirit is advocating for us, that the Holy Spirit is praying for us, that the Holy Spirit causes us to walk in the way that we should go. Scripture is very clear that we are very responsible for our walks with the Lord, that we have to fight sin, that we have to stand firm, that we need to be sober-minded and we need to be disciplined. We do need to do all of those things. But even in moments where we're not doing those things, where we're even just struggling to make it one day at a time, scripture is very clear that the Spirit never lets us go, that we're never left behind, and that he is always with us no matter what and that truth and reality should not propel us to apathy to say like well i'm just gonna sit here and languish it should propel us to say even more my hope is in the preservation that jesus provides through the spirit and even after a hard day i can ask the lord for help and continue to walk one foot in front of the other even if i fall the lord is the one who will hold me and ultimately bring me home
1: yeah it's amazing i think you know, we did a, a previous season on the Teen Pack podcast on spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. and um, we started to explore just some of those regular habits, particularly some of the daily habits of, of prayer and meditation on the word and and studying God's word and so forth, where I think a lot of times uh, we just forget. We forget that that's true of God, or it's not even that we disagree when, when pushed to it. Like if, if we're if it's brought before us again and you're like, is this true? Yeah, that's true. You know, it's like, but sometimes we just, we just forget, you know, and I, I love toward the end of your talk, you said a right remembering of, of who God is will give you hope. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that idea of remembrance I think is really important here. Um, because like you're saying, like if, You might actually be experiencing like moments or seasons of loneliness and, and, and kind of isolation, but God is with you and you're not alone. And you need to remember like, who is God and and what is this promise that he's given uh, to you? So I really appreciate that. And, you know, you talked about how, how sin, um, sin is in the world it's corrupted the world, but, but it's not even just you know, necessarily our personal sin that, that leads us into some of the suffering that we experience in the struggles. And you, you actually led into a key point about how my struggles are not unique to me and mm-hmm. are not endless. Um, could we kind of maybe just spend some time thinking about that where, um, you know, there's, there's struggles that people are experiencing that kind of feel unfair because it's not something they personally, like, it's not the consequence of a decision that they made perhaps. And yet they're, they're dealing with something really frustrating and something that gets overwhelming the longer that it goes on. Um, I think everyone, like any listener and you and I can like totally (laughs) relate to that. Right. Um, so how do you, how do you kind of make sense of, of that? Like, you know, you, you, you said it pretty profoundly and directly, and it kind of kind of, I don't know, shook me a little bit because you're like, listen, my struggles are not unique to me. And, and I was like, well, <laughs> you know, there's, there's some uniqueness to this one or that one, but kind of speak to like, what do you mean by that? That the, my struggles are not unique to me, not in a, you're not trying to rip away somebody's like maybe identity with a particular struggle though. Maybe you shouldn't identify as struggle bus person, mm-hmm. um, but i um, just kind to share a little bit about, about that idea.
0: Yeah. I think something that I have been learning and trying to embrace as a person, as like my as a believer myself in walking through my own life, but also specifically as I have been like training as a biblical counselor and being able to be exposed to a lot of people and the things that they're walking through and the difficulties that they're walking through is that the ultimate definition of our life is not the things that happen to us but our belonging to to jesus like starting to have that perspective and proclaiming that and believing what's if if i truly believe what scripture says is true then that means that the things that happen in my life the circumstances and the situations are not actually the things that are the most definitive of me but my belonging to jesus and how he redeems and restores all things that happen and so If you know me, if you're listening and you know me, hello. (laughs) But if you've heard any of my story, if you, like, listened to me last time I was at NatCon, you know that some of the biggest struggles that I have have been health issues. And those were really easy and are really easy to feel like they only impact me, that no one else really knows what's going on. No one else can feel the pain that I feel. I can't describe it to you. Like you've, you've never felt it. Like it's so easy to feel isolated by those things and to feel like that's unique to me. And While there is some truth to that in the sense that, yeah, I can't just like transfer my pain over to you so you can feel like it, feel what it feels like for a day. Right. It is true that the things that happen to us are not the thing that's most important. And so it's just an opportunity and a platform to learn, like, hey, what would the Lord be teaching me through this thing that I'm walking through? And so Mm. something that I've really been holding on to is. 1 Peter 1, which I think I talked about in my talk, but how about um, if necessary for a little while you have been grieved by various trials so that your faith may be proved as genuine. And so realizing that my life struggles, whether it's something that happens to everyone, like getting into a car accident or losing a job, or something that is very unique, like a really rare health disorder. Those things, the content of those things isn't actually as important as the opportunity it provides for me to see this is an opportunity for my faith to be proved and for me to say like, okay, if my whole life belongs to Jesus, that also means my health belongs to Jesus. And so Mm. how does that, how does God loving me and God being with me and God's plan for my life being abundant and full of joy actually impact the thing that's happening in my life and so some of this even goes back to that right remembrance of there's two options in my life I can either live in a way where I say I feel isolated I feel lonely I feel dejected I feel like there is no hope no hope and I live in a way that's based off of my feelings I feel like God is far away I feel like God is not with me or I can choose to have a right remembering where I read the words of scripture and I say, but this is what the Bible says, that God is always with me, that he hems me in before and behind, that he holds my life together, that all things are working out for my good and his glory. I'm choosing to remember what God has said about who he is and what my life is like and what it should be and what the reality of all these things are and living based out of that. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, when you're, when you're in that place though, I think it is so hard (laughs) to see it from a different perspective. Yes. Um, like I can think of a number of different people in my life where like the type of thing that they struggled with or whether it was like a personal sin or, um, or whether it was just something that was happening to them. Um, it just it, it almost like the the situation almost blinds you from from seeing it from like a biblical lens like from of a course. from like god's perspective um we were praying about something at the teen packed office this morning as a team in richmond um and like the burden of my heart was just continually like god give us eyes to see this situation from your perspective like burden our hearts like, and break our hearts for what breaks your heart. Um, but that's in some ways easier, I guess, for somebody on the outside of that situation to kind of speak into. And uh, I'm sure you've had many opportunities to, to be around somebody who's experiencing those trials and can be kind of a, a care person in their life. But you mentioned something that I thought was really good on the part of the sufferer, Mm -hmm. um, that there's, an opportunity and maybe even like a responsibility for like regular confession when it comes to sin. And then also, um, I think there's a, there's a whole component. We just, we, you know, dove into this with a few other sessions at national convention, but of, of, of actually reaching out to other people for support. I think it's Ed Welch that says, um, saying, uh, saying help to God's people is, is, you know, our way of saying help to God or some, something sure. like that where it's basically like, Hey, like God has actually equipped you with all that you need. And so when you're going to the word and you're going to prayer and you're going to a fellow Christian, like that's how he's caring for you. Um, how, how, how would you recommend somebody who maybe is experiencing some significant suffering or trial? Like, what does that look like to like be vulnerable, like when that's a really hard thing, maybe you don't feel like you have like a best friend, that's a believer that you can go to like, what does that look like?
0: Yeah, of course. And I think another, Helpful aside and point in this is this is where we go back to like learning to belong to Jesus takes your entire life. Like, this is not just a one time thing where you're going through a hard time and you say, No, I'm gonna believe what God says, and then everything's better, and you're happy go lucky, and your perspective has changed. Like, I think these things are really hard to embrace and to continue to do. And it's, a, it's not just a every now and then. It is a daily struggle to live in the life that you're living, to reconcile the hardships, and to give them over to the Lord and trust. This is a really hard thing. It's really nuanced. It may take your whole life. It's taking me my whole life. And so <laughs> in hearing this, like, podcast for the people who are listening like don't be discouraged if this feels so far away from you or you've never been able to do this or accomplish this it takes a really long time to yeah have this be even a regular remembrance for you of man how do I submit these trials to the Lord and how do I walk with this perspective and purpose and so um, yeah I I think it's important to say that like even God's people um, can and should grieve um, especially sin in the world and sin that as it impacts people who um, yeah, are just experiencing the effects of sin we should um, weep with those who weep and we should grieve and we should lament um, but that is not just like languishing in hopelessness lament in the bible comes with a process and a purpose and an ultimate hopefulness at the end of the day and so don't at all hear this in saying like every suffering we have is utilitarian and so we just have to like find the silver lining and keep going. I think God's people should be and should embrace emotion um, and embrace hard things and be able to express those in a way that is biblical. And so recognizing here that a lot of what we're talking about is the response and what is the response of people who are seeing suffering and people who are the sufferers. And so when you're talking about, man, how do we reach out to other people? A lot of what I have found in my life and in the life of others is just honesty of being able to be honest about this is what's happening in my life. And not just being honest about the situation, but also honest about how you're responding to say, I'm really struggling to trust God, or I'm really struggling to see how He could be using this. And then there are a couple of different things you can do once you've admitted that to someone. You can say, Man, have you seen any ways that the Lord redeems this type of struggle? Can you encourage me? Um, Are there any passages of scripture that you can think of that will cause me to look at God and to delight in God and not just look at myself or my situation? Something that has been really impactful for me is not just telling people a situation I want them to pray about, but actually giving them the prayer request. So instead of just saying like, Mm. Hey, my body has really been hurting recently. Like, can you pray for that? A lot of people's natural reaction is to pray for healing. Like, okay, we'll just pray that your knees stop hurting, um, and that's great. I want them to pray for that, but that's not the only thing I want them to pray for. And so I've started saying like, "Hey, guys, my like the weather is changing. My knees are really hurting. It's been hard for me to walk these past couple of days. Would you pray that I would have patience?" Um, and trust in the Lord even as I struggle? Would you pray that I would be humble enough to ask other people for help um, to help me get around or to help me do things? Would you pray that I would have joy in the Lord even if this doesn't get better? Um, And starting to look at the commands of Scripture and the words of Scripture and the hope of Scripture and infuse that into my prayer. Um, Because the Bible does not promise that you know, if I pray three times that my knees will feel better, but it does say that if I pray and ask for dependence on the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will help work the fruits of the Spirit into my life. And I think that that has been really impactful in my own experience of being in unresolved suffering where there's no end in sight, learning how to be vulnerable and asking for help um, and accepting help that comes from the people of God.
1: Yeah, that's so, so good. Well, as we start coming to the end of, uh, our, our time here on the podcast, um, I just kind of wanted to, to at least give some airtime to those last two points that we couldn't get to in fullness, not that we got to any of these in fullness, right. But, um, one of the fourth one that you mentioned was that God promises to use hard things to prove my faith and increase my joy. And I, I think that, man, that's, that's something we could put on a note card and put in your car and just remind yourself of every day. Um, and then the last one was even in the midst of my suffering, God's plan for my life is full of beauty and goodness. And, um, I'll just speak to that as maybe a a closing remark and then I'll, I'll give it to you for any, any last comments. But, um, my wife and I were going through a very difficult time several years ago. And, um, so at the time we just had, um, our daughter Addison and then a new baby Benji and, um, So Addison was, you know, maybe, uh, maybe a little under two years old and, and I, I would go and just each night be so exhausted from just this long season of difficulty. And, um, and I would, I would lay next to her and I would just, like, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even know like how to, how to process all the things. I'm not great with emotions myself in terms of like self-awareness. Um, but what I did is I just, with, with my two-year-old just started like thanking the Lord for things and just saying, God, thanks for this. Like, thanks for the time that we had after dinner. Thanks for, thanks for providing this job. Thanks for this opportunity. Thanks for, you know, this conversation. And it did an incredible work in my heart during that season, just to like confess gratitude to the Lord and, and to recognize that there is beauty and goodness, even in the midst of, of suffering. And it's not just looking for the silver lining, like you pointed out, but it's recognizing the heart of God. And that, that actually shaped a lot of my perspective. And it's, and it's been a big thing that I, I now kind of want to encourage in others. Cause it's like, Oh man, like, like that, that thing that you're walking through actually like the Lord is walking with you. And there's a, there's a beauty to be experienced with the Lord. So Clara, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. Do you have any kind of final, comments thoughts direction for uh, young people parents um, as as they continue to kind of process through what it looks like to belong to the promise
0: i think every time i do anything for national convention where i write content i'm working on bonjour or um, working on a topic the place that i always get to is just this overwhelming hopefulness and desire that People would just fall in love with the scriptures and see how impactful and transformational they can be for everyday life and for all of life. And so that's always my hope that uh, I I hope to leave people with. And if you would change anything about your day-to-day life or add anything into your day-to-day routine would be man meditate on the promises of God. Look them up for yourself be reading scripture, be in the actual Bible as, as many days of the week as possible. Listen to songs that are from scripture, get them into your mind and heart so that when you are in moments of hardship or moments of difficulty, the Holy Spirit can bring those to mind and encourage you and bring you hope. So yeah, I have been really thankful for the opportunity to meditate on belonging to the promise myself over these last several months. And yeah, I hope that People are just encouraged to continue to see, man, the promises of God and his presence in their life in a um, more real way, just as they continue to grow and change and be transformed by the Spirit.
1: Love it. Thanks so much, Clara.
0: Of course. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us for this special edition of the Team Packed Podcast. Have any questions about today's episode? Send us an email at communications at or you can visit our website for more information about our programs and state
1: classes.